You're listening to the Maritime Gardening Podcast, brought to you by Vessi Seeds. Today, I'm going to do a podcast on everything you need to know about strawberries. We're going to talk about varieties, what to buy, when to plant, how to plant, uh, maintenance, uh, plant needs, and propagation for those that are interested in that. I consider the strawberry to be kind of one of, almost like the ultimate low maintenance, high yield perennial. Um, think about most perennials like a berry bush or an apple tree or that sort of thing. They can take from three to five years to start producing and even longer to really start producing, right? It takes, them a, it takes a long time for the roots to get established, for the tree to get used to the space, adapt to the soil conditions, adapt to the growing conditions, all that sort of stuff. It can take a while. Uh, with a strawberry, you don't, you don't get much the first year. But the second, third, and fourth year, you're off to the races. You're getting lots of fresh fruit. And for those that live in uh, northern places like me, you know, this is not a, a lush tropical paradise. We don't have a lot of fruity, sweet things, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, we've got options. It's not like we haven't got nothing, right? But the strawberry is probably one of the most, it's like a miracle. It's just so sweet and so wonderful, right? And they grow here and they'll survive the coldest winters. I think there are, some of them are hardy to zone two or maybe certainly three. Uh, I'm not sure about two. I'd have to check that. But certainly zone three, they're hardy. So, I mean, they can go pretty far north, right? They're a great uh, fruit crop for the northern gardener, and they're really easy to grow, much harder, much easier than you'd think. Okay, so let's uh, let's dive into this here. And I apologize for the podcast, podcast being a little bit uh, late uh, this week. I recorded it earlier, but when I was editing the recording, it was just a terrible recording. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. And I like to record things outside, uh, but we're in the middle of a kind of blizzard right now. Um, so it would be too windy to get any kind of sound quality. So I'm, I'm here in the office. Um, uh, anyway, if, as an audio experience, it'll be just fine. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. Uh, varieties. So, I mean, there's many different types and uh, names of strawberries. You know, these are different kinds of varieties in that sense. When I mean varieties, I mean like the three main types of strawberry in terms of their growing habit okay uh, so i'm talking about the june bearing the ever bearing and the day neutral strawberry okay so what's a june bearing strawberry as the name might suggest it is a strawberry that produces its fruit uh, the fruit you know the fruit comes on in june late june maybe even early for me it's late june early july right the end of the, the, those two weeks two or three weeks uh, time spanning the end of June and the beginning of July. Okay, the rest of the year it's just putting on the rest of the growing season. It's just putting on foliage and gathering energy from the sun, that sort of thing. Uh, the uh, another type is called the everbearing. It's an odd name because they're not really everbearing implies they're always giving you strawberries. That's not the case. Uh, what the everbearing does is it gives you a crop in spring and a crop in the fall, right? Just like the June bears, it gives you a crop in June, July, or just June, depending on where you are. And But it also gives you a crop September, October. For me, it would be around October. Uh, and often, it's often the case that the second crop is a little bit the heavier of the two crops. You get more in the second crop than in the first crop. And then the day neutral is like the ever bearing insofar as it has 
a spring crop and a fall crop, but it also gives you, so it has a heavy crop in the spring and a heavy crop in the fall, but it also gives you some strawberries all summer long um, with the condition. If the temperature conditions are such that the temperature goes above 27 degrees Celsius, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. You just have to Google that if you're a Fahrenheit person. Um, if the temperature goes above 27 degrees Celsius and stays there for a little while, I don't know if it's like 48 hours or three days or it's right. If, if you have a sustained temperature holding at 27 plus the strawberries will shut down and they'll go dormant until fall comes around and things cool down again. Right. So for a place where like where I live, the day neutral are kind of great. It's, it's rare that we'll have a hot streak in the summer, although these days it seems to be getting less, less rare, but you know, because it's temperate here and our temperature is modified by the, by the ocean, um, the, the day neutral can work in coastal areas like where I live or anywhere like that. Um, because it's rare that we will have days where it's 30 degrees, that sort of thing, but it's rare that that stays and it cools down at night. It doesn't stay that temperature all night long, right? It's the sustained temperature that shuts the plant down as far as I understand. Um, when I was growing day neutral, my, I never had a summer where the plants shut down. Not one. All the years I was growing them. Um, that said, you're going to want to know which one I recommend, which I, <laughs> which one I think is best. Um, and I can't stand when people just say everything's the best. It depends on what you like. Um, I mean, I can only say what I think is the best based on what I like. So, you know, and I'll give those conditions and explain that to you as I go along. So why do I, I mean, if first, the first question you need to ask is why are you growing the strawberries? What's your goal, right? Is your goal to have strawberries all summer long for salads and things like that? and some strawberries for jams and sauces and things like that for pres preservation. If that's your goal, the day neutrals probably the better option. I grow strawberries to make jam. My family, we love strawberry jam. It's our, probably our favorite jam. I don't know. That's a tough one. Certainly as a group, all four of us, it's all four of our, <laughs> there's certain jams I like a little bit more sometimes, uh, but as a group, all four of us, if we had to collectively <laughs> vote in a jam, right? The strawberry jam would be it. So I need to grow enough to make, uh, uh, what's that called? Like a one pint, 12 one pint jars of strawberry freezer jam. Uh, so that we have one for every month, right? At the beginning of the month, we open up a new jar of jam. It's usually gone in two or three weeks. And then we spend a week being sad because we have no strawberry jam. And then we get to open up the new strawberry jam. So every month has a, a kind of celebration, right? So yeah, I'm growing them for jam. Uh, I also enjoy them in desserts and in salads and things like that as well. I also have a really big garden. So in the fall, when if I was had a ever bearing or a day neutral, when those berries are producing, I've also got all these other things I'm dealing with in the garden. I'm harvesting potatoes. I'm storing things. I'm you know branch um, blanching and freezing beans. It's a very busy time in the fall trying to store and preserve as much as you can from the garden. So for me, over time, I've gone back to the, I mean, in the old days, all there was <laughs> was the June bearing and these other ones have new varieties that they've started developing. Over time, I've gone back to the June bearing. I prefer it. 
Uh, number one, as far as from everything I've read, I've never confirmed this uh, empirically for myself, but as I understand it, the June-bearing strawberry has the heavier yield, even though it only has one yield at one time of the year. If you weighed that yield and compared to the total weight of the spring and fall yield of the everbearing or the spring, fall, and all summer long yield of the day neutral, the June bearing has a heavier yield. I've read that. I don't know if it's true, but it's if you look it up, every source says that. So to me, you're getting the most strawberries, right? But much more importantly, in end of June, early July, there's not a lot of stuff coming out of my garden. I mean, there's there's seedlings and I'm, you know, nursing things along, training things up trellises, right? There's a lot of work to do in the garden. I'm in the garden in late June, early July, but I'm not overwhelmed with canning and preserving and freezing of produce coming out of the garden. So it's the perfect time to deal with strawberries. When your strawberries are producing, I usually have at least two beds of strawberries. When they're producing, you're making jam every other day. Every two or three days, you got to make jam. You have enough for like a batch every two or three days for about two or three weeks, and then it's all over. So it's easy for me to deal with that at that time of the year because there isn't a thousand other things going on, right? So it, for, me, for me, it just makes much more sense to have all of my strawberries producing when I'm not as busy dealing with things coming out of the garden. So I like the June bearing strawberry and I would recommend it for that reason. If, if you're like, the other thing is it's just easier to keep track of things. When it's producing, harvesting the berries every other day, you're making jam every other day, just about thereabouts, right? You only have fresh strawberries. You don't pick strawberries and make jam three days later. And the reason your strawberry jam and your strawberries taste better than the ones in the store is that you eat them the day you pick them and you make jam the day they're picked, right? Or you pick them first thing in the morning. What I'll typically do is you pick them first thing in the morning and you come home from work and make the jam because you can't make the jam before you go to work, right? There are a lot of things when you pick them, they're better to pick in the morning. They're at their best, right? Because they've been rejuvenating all night, getting lots of water, not being beaten down by the sun. Uh, so for, for me, that's, that's just a better option. It makes more sense. And then when it's over, you just make sure there's a good mulch. You know, you, when you're done picking your strawberries, you make sure the beds weeded and there's just strawberries there. You put down a good mulch and you forget about it for the rest of the season, right? And focus on everything else. I like that. I like things being compartmentalized so I can forget about them, but that's, that's me. Now, what to buy? I mean, the option is to buy the bare root starts with the crowns. It's, it's like a baby plant. It's a baby plant with roots, but doesn't really have any foliage yet. Uh, you can buy them like that, or you can buy seeds. And either of those two options, you can get them online or in a store. As a general rule, <clears throat> I would recommend getting them online because there's more variety online. Whether you use my uh, sponsor Vesti Seeds or whatever, right? There are just going to be more options. If I go to the local garden center where I live, there might be three types of uh, strawberry bare roots, maybe two or three. Uh, if I look at the Vesti Seeds website, they got five, right? They got AC Valley Sunset, 
uh, Albion Everbearing, the Albion, which is just a different type of Albion that isn't Everbearing, uh, the Kent Strawberry, which is what I grow in my garden, and the Sable Strawberry, which I think is what I ordered this spring for my new, new strawberry beds. Okay, so that's a lot of varieties. And if you check out other providers, they're going to have other varieties or the same ones or more or less. Okay. Uh, there's no real drawback to ordering them. They arrive. I mean, the way I can only speak to, I've only ever gotten them from Bessie's. Um, but they, they mail them to you when it's time to plant them. They come in a box. The roots and the little crowns, they're wrapped in a little wet stuff that keeps them moist. And as soon as they arrive, you plant them. I come home from work. There's a box. I open the box. Oh, those are my strawberries. I guess I'm planting strawberries tonight, right? I go out and plant them that night. You don't want to wait, right? Because they've been taken out of whatever growing medium they're in, packaged up and mailed to you. This all has to happen very quickly. Uh, every time I've ever done this, everything I've ever planted has grown. Maybe, I mean, they tend to come in a pack of 25. Maybe one fails, but it's very rare. They all tend to make it. Right, so it works really, really well. So I recommend getting the bare roots uh, and buying them online. Uh, you get a pack of 25, and that's enough for two 4x8 beds. I'll explain that a little bit as we go. But it's enough for two 4x8 beds, you know, 25 plants. It's a lot of plants. Each plant is going to grow to be almost, not two feet wide, but it becomes like a bouquet. It might be 16 inches in diameter. No. Yeah, diameter. All right. Uh, that costs between $30 and $40, depending on where you buy them and how many you buy. Sometimes you get a deal if you buy more. And just to plug my sponsor, if, if you buy the strawberries, you'll get free shipping as long as there's a pack of seeds. If you've got this condition, it has to be at least one pack of seeds included in the order, and then you get free shipping. Uh, strawberries count. As long as there's a pack of seeds. Strawberries aren't seeds. <laughs> right? So you get a pack of seeds. And then you can get your strawberries, uh, the roots, the bare roots uh, delivered for free. The other option is to buy seeds. And I don't recommend this option. It's much more tedious, much more time consuming. It's cheaper. I mean, you can get a pack of, I don't know how many come in, come in a pack. It's probably something like 50 seeds for three bucks, right? So if you were starting a farm or something like that, that might be an expensive way to do it. Or if you just don't have the money or if that's just interests you. Um, but it takes a lot more time and there's a lot more work involved in getting them started from seeds like that. So I don't, I don't recommend it, especially for a beginner. They're going to be, it's going to take longer for them to be producing. It's, it's just a much more tedious, time-consuming, time-consuming, complicated process. Not impossible, right? It's probably better, like if you're a busy person, I wouldn't recommend this. Maybe if you're retired or for whatever reason you work from home and you've got more time, um, then yeah, it's a great way to save money. And there's probably even a wider variety of seeds to, to, uh, to choose from. You can order them from all around the world, right? So it's a great option. It's just it's more difficult, more time consuming, and it's kind of a hassle. Whereas with the roots, I mean, you pretty much just stick them in the ground and you get strawberries. <laughs> okay. Now, when to plant? Um, <clears throat> as I explained, Vessi's seeds, and I, I imagine most providers do this, they mail them to you because it's time sensitive. They can't stay in that box forever. So 
and mail them to they look at the calendars they look at the temperatures they mail them to you when it's time to plant where i live that'll be late april early may sort of thing uh, for those that have uh, watched my videos on my dandelion planting schedule or if you've read my Substack article on that topic when to plant everything based on the stages of growth of the dandelion i would say the time to plant the strawberry is between when you see the dandelion greens emerge from the ground and when you see the dandelion flowers turn yellow, that's the window to plant them. If you plant them too late, they can have a hard time getting established when it's really hot and really sunny. You want to plant them when it's still a bit cool and rainy and that sort of thing. Uh, so that's when to plant them. Generally speaking, <laughs> they're going to be mailed to you when it's time to plant them. Uh, or if you, But if you're going to a garden center to buy some, let's say you forgot to order them and that sort of thing. I mean, the reason I'm doing this episode right now is because it's the time of year you order things so it's a good time to think this through think about where they're going to go in your garden you got to build some new beds that sort of thing right so otherwise if you don't order them online and you were going to buy some and you didn't want to let the season get but get past you right april may that's when to do it at least where i live how to plant uh, it's recommended that when you take them out of the box and you've got those roots you soak them for a short amount of time, not overnight, not for a week, not for days, that sort of thing. The, the recommendation is that while you're preparing the soil, so you go out to the garden, you've got your strawberry roots, you get a bucket of water, you stick them in the bucket of the water while you're preparing the soil. So we're talking 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, no longer than that. Because all roots need air, well, not all roots, but strawberry roots need air. If, if, you, if they're just immersed in water for too long, you kill the plant. Won't do them any good, right? Um, and that being said, I've never done this. I've never soaked the roots. I've always just planted them and watered them and mulched them and not done anything else. That's how I've always done it. Uh, but this is probably a good idea just to get them, just to wake them up, right? Because they, if they've been sent to you in a package, stored, that sort of thing, they're probably kind of on their last legs when they arrive and they could use a good drink. They're almost like charging them up, right? The other recommendation, which I've never done, is that you cut the roots. So the roots will be about this long, 12 inches, 10 inches, something like that. The recommendation is you cut them back to five inches long before you plant them. And the argument, and I had a conversation with a regular guest on the show, Robert Pavlis. The argument is that by cutting off that bottom part, it actually stimulates the remaining roots send out new roots right and that those new roots will do a much better job of working their way into the soil so it's counterintuitive but by cutting them back to five inches long in a shorter amount of time as the plant adapts to the soil you're actually going to have more roots which means you're going to have a healthier happier plant <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense when you think about it uh, the other recommendation is that when you plant the strawberry, there's two ways to do this. The recommended way is uh, I'm trying to think of something I got here. You're going to make a you're going to make a trench, okay? And you're going to plant the strawberries every 12 inches or 14 inches, that sort of thing, 16 inches. You're going to plant them in rows in a trench. But when you're putting them in the trench, um, either you you have the side of the trench and you fan I need something that looks like a trench. Let's pretend this is a trench, even though it's not much of a trench. But let's say this is the side of the trench. 
So you fan the roots out on the side of the trench. And then you bring the soil up to there. That's one way to do it with the roots, right? With leaving the crown above the surface. Another way is in the center of the trench. Think you've got a trench like this. You create a mound in the center of the trench, like a cone, right? It's like a cone. And you fan the roots out around the cone. Then you put the soil back around the roots. Again, leaving the tip of the crown exposed, right? That's the way it's recommended. That way you're spreading the roots out instead of them all being clumped up together, right? The roots need to be spread out, right? So they can gather water and nutrients for the plant. The other recommendation is to have, if you look at the, the, the planting guidelines, according to Vessies, is that they should be in rows 12 inches, 12 inches apart in rows, and the rows should be four feet apart. But this is for like a farm <laughs> with farmers. I, I, it doesn't make sense for a raised bed type garden like mine, where all the beds are either three feet wide or four feet wide, that sort of thing. Right? A lot of my beds are four feet by eight feet. I like that dimension for a bed. So for a four by eight bed, what I recommend is that, remember, you can't, you're not going to go in the middle of the bed, right? You're, you're going to be on the side of the bed reaching in. So I would plant the two rows about two feet apart so that each row is about a foot from the side of the bed. That way they're not hanging off the side sort of thing, right? So the, the rows are going the length of the bed and they're about two feet apart and each row is about a foot from the edge of the bed. And I plant them about 14 inches apart, and that allows you to put six plants, two rows of six, 12 plants per bed, which allows you to have two beds from the 25 pack that you get. And you just plant the extra one somewhere, <laughs> right? And if one of them dies, you can take the extra one and move it to that spot. Okay, but that's how you plant them. You give them a good water, you cover that over with a good mulch, and, and off you go. Now, let's move on to maintenance here, and I wanna talk about mulch as a perfect segue. They're called strawberries because straw is the recommended mulch. But uh, you don't have to use straw. You know, I'm guessing strawberries always use straw because they were grown on farms. And on farms, they have hay. When you're growing hay, you've got the hay and the straw, right? The hay is the sort of, you know, you got the big, tall grass plant. You cut the top off where all the seeds are. That's what you feed to the cows and the goats and stuff like that. Because it's got more protein and nutrition, right? And then the stalks of the, of the grass, that's your straw. It's got very few seeds in it. Use that for bedding. You can also use it for strawberries. Okay. Uh, but you can also use leaves. <laughs> you don't have to use straw for strawberries. And you can also use hay. You don't have to use straw for strawberries. Uh, the argument of using straw over hay, if you look, it's easier. I have, a, I have to buy straw, right? I can't just get it for free. I'm not a farmer. I don't have hay fields, right? Straw is a byproduct of hay sort of thing. I can get, if I go to a horse farm, often they'll have what they call spoiled hay. I think that's the term for it. And that is a bale of hay that the horses will not eat because it's gone bad in storage. And they usually just throw those on top of the manure pile. So you just take it. Now you've got all this nice hay. All right, it's got billions of weed seeds in it, right? There's a bit of a myth. I should do a whole article on this. <laughs> straw has weeds in it too. And when they when they're bailing up the straw, it's not like they make sure to remove every seed from it, right? So sure, hay has way more seeds than straw, but it's very rare that you're going to get a bundle of straw 
and there's no seeds in it. So there's less seeds. And yes, less seeds is better in a sense, but <laughs> let's say that the bale of hay, I'm talking about the small kind, not those giant things that you can't lift, but the smaller ones, you know, two, two feet by two feet by three feet long. Let's say one of those, if it's hay, has a million seeds, right? The straw might have a thousand seeds or 10,000 seeds. So that is way less, but it's still 10,000 seeds. Even if it's a thousand seeds, it's still 10,000, still a thousand seeds. You're putting that straw on your garden, you're adding weed seed. And they're all weed seeds, the things that grow in fields that are tenacious. And grass in itself is a fantastically tenacious weed. So you're going to get weeds anyway, regardless of what you use. And those kinds of weeds that are in hay and in straw, they're very good at actually pushing their way up through the straw. <laughs> you know, the great thing about a mulch is that it keeps, it suppresses weeds to a certain extent. But straw and hay let sunlight through to some extent, right? Not as much as bare soil. Uh, the kinds of seeds that are in, I mean, think about how grasses work, right? In a natural setting, the plant grows, makes flowers, uh, the flower seeds fall off in the fall, and in the winter they get pressed down. And then the next year, new grass comes up through that. Grass can push up through stuff. Uh, it's a lot of, take a pile of leaves and throw it on your lawn. You'll kill your lawn. <laughs> take a pile of leaves five inches deep, stick it on, on your grass and make sure it doesn't blow away, but just leave it there for a month or two. A month, the grass will be dead. Leaves are really, really good at suppressing weeds. It's probably one of the better mulches there is. Uh, and you can get leaves for free. In the fall, I get about 20 bags of leaves that I just got from people's lawns in the fall. So leaves you can get for free. Just because they're called strawberries doesn't mean you can't use leaves. Well, what do the strawberries need? right? Nitrogen, potassium, you know, NPK, <laughs> right? And, and all the little bits of, you know, a little bit of calcium, a little bit of magnesium, and so on and so forth, a little bit of uh, potash, you know, that sort of stuff, right? They don't need something special that's only in straw. The straw is just used because it's a byproduct of having a farm, and it happens to be a good mulch for strawberries, but it's not the only game in town. Leaves are fine. <laughs> They'll work great. So that's what I use. <laughs> I tend to use, over time, I used, when I first started growing them, I would use straw and hay and stuff like that. You get a lot of weeds. <clears throat> the leaves, I think, are better. Also, if you gather them in the bag, um, you can actually put, use the bag to suppress weeds. You know, you put your strawberries in the ground and you put your bags over the, the leaf bags around those crowns on the soil and you put leaves down. And that'll prevent... Any seeds that are just, your soil is full of seeds. Your, your soil is always full of weed seeds, okay? <laughs> All soil has weed seeds. <laughs> Even if you buy a bag of soil from a store, just stick it in a flower pot and stick it in the sun, eventually stuff will be growing out of there, right? Uh, so your soil is always gathering weeds. It always has weed seeds. And when you plant your strawberries, if you want them to be fairly weed-free, handy, use the leaf bags. Put that down first and put the leaves on top of that. So in April and May... When you're getting all this rain and every every seed in nature is germinating and growing, all the seeds that are in your soil underneath that paper, 
they'll germinate and they'll try to grow. They'll hit the paper and they'll die. And after a month or so, that paper will just disappear. And then the leaves will start breaking down, feeding your soil organisms, and in turn, acting like a fertilizer for your plants. So a big part of maintenance is, if you want your maintenance to be easy, use a mulch. Use whatever you can get. I recommend leaves. <laughs> okay, for all the reasons I just laid out. Uh, weeding is important. If you're seeing weeds appearing in your strawberry, I and mean, strawberry is like a crown, it's like a bouquet. And if you have a weed come up in the middle of that, it'll just take over. So you have to stay on top of weeds. You do everything you can with your application of mulch to prevent them. But when you see them appear, attack them aggressively. You know, once every other week when you're out in your garden, have a look at your strawberries. If you see any weeds, deal with them. I can't recommend that enough. They're going to outgrow your strawberries. They're going to cast shade on your strawberries. They're going to outcompete them for nutrients. They're just going to take over. So you have to deal with them. Uh, another part of maintenance for strawberries is dealing with runners, right? Well, what is a strawberry? Strawberry is a fruit. The plant is trying to procreate, <laughs> perpetuate itself. It's making a fruit, but if you look at a strawberry very closely, it's covered in seeds. It's making seeds. But the strawberry is a very uh, tenacious survivor, and it has two ways of procreating. It makes seeds, sexual reproduction, but it also sends out runners, these long stems, and those are clones of itself. It clones itself. Right? It's kind of better than a strawberry can do something a human can't do. It can't do math, but it can clone itself. Right? So it sends out these long tendrils, and they, they go out, and then they touch down. And when they touch the soil, uh, a little node appears, and roots go out of the node into the ground. And eventually, foliage starts coming up out of that node, and it becomes a new plant. And a strawberry, let's say this is the main plant over here. Right? It's going to send out, usually sends out, a tip. one of those runners can make two or three plants. It'll touch down and a node will start rooting and then it'll go a little further and touch down and make another, another node. And that, so it'll, each of those runners can make two or three new plants. Okay. Now, if you want your main plant, your parent plant, I'm going to use that term, parent plant, runners, and baby plants, your interest in the first two, three, four years of that plant's life is the parent plant. That's the big established roots. All season long, the foliage of that plant is gathering energy from the sun, storing it in the roots, so that the following season it can make fruit. It can do berry. It can reproduce itself. It's doing all of that for berries. Right? Plan B for the strawberries these runners. But when it makes these runners, it uses up energy. So the more runners your plant puts out over the course of the growing season, the less berries you're going to get the following season. When your plant emerges in the spring, okay, it just sends up foliage, right? The plant dies in the winter. It doesn't die, but it, you know, all the foliage dies. The plant's still alive. The roots are alive, but the foliage is dead. In the spring, new foliage comes up. Nice new green leaves and all this nice stuff, right? The initial shoots that come out, that's all happening on account of the energy that's stored in the roots. And all the berries that, I mean, think about it. It's a, it's a plant that fruit, what fruits? All the other plants that you put in your garden that you plant with seeds, <clears throat> they don't fruit till the end of summer. When you plant beans, the beans are the fruit. When you plant squash, the squash is the fruit. You plant tomatoes, the tomatoes are the fruit. 
right? Those things don't start producing until way, 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 way up, right? The strawberry is producing fruit very early. And it's producing fruit early because it's, it's producing fruit using the energy it stored the previous year. Once it's done producing fruit, it just starts gathering energy from the sun for the next year. While it's doing that, if it's feeling good, I don't, I don't know how strawberries make decisions, it'll start sending out these runners, plan B, right? It's a survivor. And actually, strawberries, they, wild strawberries are like weeds. They grow everywhere. And actually, uh, they, they can be a problem uh, in my garden. I know a lot of you say, oh, wild strawberries are wonderful. They taste so good, blah, blah, blah. They're just, in my garden, they're an annoying weed. <laughs> I don't want them. They take over really aggressively, okay? So those runners that are coming off of your parent plant, they're using up energy that could be stored in the plant for fruit the next year. So you'll want to remove them. I just wait till they're about a foot long or so. Really, once you start seeing them forming nodes, that's when you start noticing them, right? So if you've got a patch of strawberries and you send out the runner and the runners touch down the first time, that's when it becomes obvious. I mean, you're out in your garden a few times a week. You just take a look at your strawberries. This all happens later in the summer, July, August. They start putting out all these runners. So once a week or once every other week, you just go out with a pair of scissors and you cut those. You got the parent plant over here, you got the runner, you cut it off right where it emerges from the parent plant. Okay, if you manage your runners and cut them off, you're going to have better yields. Okay, you're just going to get more strawberries out of your, out of your strawberry plants. And it is true that each one of those runners can become a new plant, <clears throat> and that's going to give you more strawberries. But if you've got uh, 12 strawberries or 14 strawberries in a 4 by 8 bed, that's all the strawberries that space can handle. Or you don't want more strawberries in that space. Right? That's the ideal number of strawberries for that amount of soil with that amount of sun sort of thing. Right? So there's no advantage of having 50, 50 strawberries in that space. You're just going to get smaller strawberries and less productive plants and more, more competition between the plants. Now, there is a way to use the runners to propagate new plants, but I'm going to talk about that closer to the end of this recording. The last thing you need to know about maintaining strawberries is sometime in October or November or December, it really depends on where you live and when you start noticing the plant is shutting down. Once you've harvested the strawberries from the plant, in June, July, I'm talking about June bearing plants now, but it doesn't really matter what the plant is. Once you're done harvesting and also between harvests, I mean, all the foliage is doing is gathering energy. So you wanna leave the foliage on the plant. You don't wanna cut it back or anything. You wanna let that foliage gather energy from the sun for as long as it can. And strawberries are tough. They can, start, they can still grow and put on foliage and gather energy from the sun when there's frost, okay? But at some point in the fall, for me, it's usually sometime in November, the plants really start looking like they're getting, they're dying, right? The, the foliage is just taking a beating from the colder nights. And that's when it's time to just give up on the plant. Now, some people say you, you cut them back to the crowns, cut them, you know, just cut them off and put straw or some sort of mulch over them. I don't cut anything back. I just cover them. And I let the foliage rot off. Uh, I cover them with uh, leaves sometime in November when the plants obviously just, it just kind of looks, uh, you know, it just looks, 
<laughs> like it's done. Right? The foliage doesn't have a nice green color anymore. It's starting to yellow in places. It's just done, right? And laying down instead of being up. I cover it in about four inches of leaves, but you could use hay or straw or whatever. In November-ish, for me anyway, I cover them with leaves or whatever I can find. And then the following, and that's all I do, just cover them. And then the following spring, at some point, you don't need to take the mulch off or anything. At some point in the spring, the, the, you'll see on the mulch a little mound like this. And you, you, know, you, you want to like pick it off and let the new strawberry come through, but you don't need to. Right, a, a little mound will appear in the mulch, and eventually, boop, you know, you'll see the little, I don't know how they do it, but they, they, they push their way through that, and they just come up through it. You don't need to do anything. Right? Three, four inches of mulch, whether it's straw or, or leaves, is fine. Right? And you just leave it, and you pick the strawberries when they appear. That's all the maintenance is required. Uh, also, I guess it's worth mentioning, a strawberry has about a five-year productive lifespan. The plant will survive. Eventually, the plant dies. It just dies. It stops growing altogether. But after about year four or five, you'll start seeing each plant produces less strawberries. So really, the first year you plant the strawberry, it does nothing. It just puts on foliage. It's just a it's just a, kind of like a, a green plant in your garden. It might put on some fruit, but not much. And it's even recommended that you, you if it does make any flowers, you nip them off. But who can resist? You see the flower, eat the strawberry. <laughs> I don't take the flowers off. I just let it do its thing. Uh, whatever difference that's going to make over the long run, it's imperceptible in my opinion. Anyway, year two is when you get strawberries. Year three, you get, year two, you have a good yield of strawberries. Year three, you're going to have a fantastic yield of strawberries. Year four, you're going to have a really good yield of strawberries. Then year five, you're going to see a slight dialing back of the productivity. Then year six is going to fall off dramatically. So really, you view year five as your last crop from the strawberries. And you've got two choices in year five. You can use the runners from those plants to propagate a new crop. Or you can just kill them all after you've done. That's the other advantage of the June bearing strawberry, uh, which I'm going to do in one of my strawberry gardens this summer. Um, it'll be year five for them. So I'm going to harvest the strawberries from them, whatever comes out of there. And then I'm going to pull everything out, throw it on the compost bin. And because it'll be end of June, early July, there's still enough time to plant bush beans or uh, a late crop of fast growing potatoes or just move something from there. I've got one bed that's overcrowded. I can take some of those extra things, whether it's kale or, you know, I tend to pl plant my squash in three. Same thing with my uh, zucchini. And then I thin them down to one. So I always have to like kill <laughs> the other two. So you just take them out with a bit of soil. I could put something like a squash because they store so well. One bed of zucchini is all the zucchini I can keep up with. But it's always, you can always have more squash, right? Because it's so easy to store. So when I'm thinning out my winter squash, I might put them in that strawberry bed. It's a nice sunny spot. And that's another point. I forgot to mention in how to plant. You want to give the strawberries the sunniest place. At least where I live. I can't speak to growing these things in places like Texas or whatever, where it's super hot and they get crazy amounts of sun. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, where I live in Canada. You want to give them, you don't tuck them off in the corner. You don't just stick them over here, stick them over there. 
you stick them where they're going to get sun all day long. All kinds of sun. You want to have good strawberries, you give them a really good sunny place, good soil. Okay? Now, uh, let's talk about uh, plant needs. They need healthy soil like anything else. Uh, if you're unsure, about, they need slightly acidic soil. It's recommended 5.5 to 6.5 pH. Uh, I've never done a soil test in my garden, but I assume the soil is acidic because everything that needs acidic soil grows well in my garden. <laughs> so I'll just assume they're acidic. It's got a somewhat acidic soil. You need healthy soil, fertile soil. If you're not so sure about that, you can amend it with some all-purpose fertilizer or a 12-12-12, that sort of thing. Or you can use uh, manure or compost. That's what I tend to use. Also, keeping the soil mulched. I find the time for amending the soils when you plant the strawberries. Right? It's, it's a five-year plant. So when you're putting the strawberries in, you put compost or manure, work that into the soil when you're planting the strawberries. Then you mulch. And then I don't bother with any fertilizer or manure or compost or anything for the remaining five years. The roots just get bigger and bigger and bigger and more complex. I don't find the strawberries, if they're mulched, I don't find they need anything beyond that. Now, I've never done an experiment where I just have my mulched strawberries and I've got mulched strawberries that I'm fertilizing. I've never done that. But I get all the strawberries I want, so <laughs> if they ain't broke, don't fix it sort of thing. Uh, in terms of water... Uh, if you live somewhere that's really dry, you might need to water them once a week. Uh, I don't water mine at all. Uh, I find a good mulch. Once those roots get established, I don't do that. <laughs> I just leave them. I mean, strawberries are like a weed. To, the, to that effect, I have them <laughs> on my property. I used to have a gravel driveway. It's paved now. When it was gravel, wild strawberries grew in the gravel, right? So... <laughs> Strawberries are really good at finding what they need, right? They're a tenacious weed in nature, and they behave like a tenacious weed in your garden. So, you know, if you, if you don't cut back those runners, they'll take over the entire garden. They'll go everywhere, like something out of a really Scott movie, like an alien sort of thing, right? Uh, so I don't find they, I don't water mine. I just mulch them and leave them. But if you live somewhere really dry, maybe you need to do that. And full sun, of course. But that's all they, they really don't need a lot. Right. If you've got, if you know you've got excellent soil, I think a mulch is enough. If you're not sure about your soil, amend it with some manure or compost. You know, put those uh, bare roots in, mulch it up. Just keep it mulched. Right. Every fall, or every fall in November, cover the thing with mulch, and then at some point in June or July, when the plant's sort of fully grown, add some more mulch around the plant to suffocate weeds, whatever you've got, that should be enough. That's, that's all the plant needs. Now, uh, propagation. I mentioned earlier those runners are clones. They are producing new strawberries. So every fifth year, you can take those clones and use them to start a new strawberry garden. Okay. Now, there's two ways to do that. You can start a whole new row in the existing garden if you can keep track of which plants are the old ones and which ones are the new ones. For instance, you had a row of strawberries here and you trained, you know, the runner goes out, it doesn't immediately touch down. As soon as you see the runner touch down, you could guide those to grow in a line and maybe put a stick down. So, you know, everything on one side of the stick is the babies and everything on the other side of the stick 
as the parent. Right? You let them grow for the remainder of the season. And the following season, everything on the other, uh, everything on the parent side of the stick, you cover with cardboard or something. You kill the parents <laughs> and let the children that, that were, you know, established and rooted during the summer of the previous year, let them take over. Okay. The reason the runner goes down is that once the runner touches down and it starts rooting, the roots are getting water and, and, and nutrients and things like that from the soil. The new growth is gathering energy from the sun, but that runner, just like an umbilical cord, is getting energy and water and resources from the parent plant. So in an ideal world, you want that new plant to stay connected to the mother for as long as possible so it can get big and healthy and strong. That being said, there is a window of time in, let's say, late August, ideally, where you can cut off the runner from the parent plant. I, I usually leave the runner attached because I assume there's, there's like an umbilical cord. There's still something in there, right? So I cut the runner off at the parent plant. I scoop the, the baby out with some soil attached to it. And I move it to another bed and I plant it there. You can do that and you can use that to propagate new strawberries. And that's a very low cost way to do it. You can also give them to your friends and that works. Uh, I find, <laughs> I, I always like trying new things. So when my strawberries are dead, I want to get a different variety, right? So all the strawberries I had growing in my garden were Kent strawberries and the new beds are, and I've done Albion before. And now I want to try the Sable strawberry. I just, I like trying new things. Uh, and thankfully I've got a sponsor for the show so I can try new things. So I can, you know, I was really, really happy with the Kent strawberry. They're great big, fat, productive strawberry. But, you know, these, uh, what's it called? Sable. They're supposed to be great. They're supposed to taste good. They're supposed to be nice and big and fat and juicy. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to try. <laughs> All right. So the main thing is that if you're going to propagate the strawberries, you have to be organized. You can't be lackadaisical about it. Uh, if you're propagating them in the same bed as the parents, you need, the, you, need to be some, you need some mechanism to tell the, the child from the parent the following year. In late season, it's easy to tell which one's the child and which one's the parent. Because the parent is this huge plant and then the child is this tiny plant. But then you're going to cover the whole thing in mulch for the winter. Following spring, things are just going to come up out of the... Uh, things are just going to come up out of the uh, leaves or the hay. It's not as easy to tell. You're going to forget what you did the year before. You need a system. Or the other way is to just pluck them up when, you, when they seem to be you know, like six inches high, you know, with a good clump of soil. Cut them off from the parent. Move them to another bed. That's another way to do it. Uh, I've done that previous years, and it works. But it's also fun to try a new variety. It's kind of hard to resist. So that's all I got to say about strawberries. I think I've covered just about everything you could possibly want to know. If you have never tried growing them before, I would seriously, if, if anyone, anyone tells you they're too much work, um, I would say for the non-gardener, right? I mean, there's people just think everything's work. They just think, oh, I couldn't keep a garden. It's too much work. Okay, so yeah, for those people, everything's too much work. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I'm talking, I'm talking as a gardener to gardeners, right? Something I find... Tomatoes take more work than strawberries. I find kale takes more work than strawberries. 
right? They're a really, really easy plant to have in your garden. And they give you a nice yield every year. And they give you something when nothing else is producing. It's just great to pull food out of you know, Early in the season, what do you got? You got uh, garlic scapes, asparagus, a handful of greens, and your strawberries. Right? So it's another, it's just so uplifting to have something sweet and delicious and shiny and red <laughs> coming out of your garden so early in the season. And they're not a lot of work. From gardener to gardener, they're not a lot of work. As I just explained, right? there's a lot of other things in the garden that take much, much more work than that. So if you've heard from other people, they're a lot of work. I just don't think they're the same. There's different kinds of gardeners, right? So I don't know. I'm trying to don't, trying to be judgmental here, but you know, some people, anyone that says that's too much work, uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't get that. If you got a garden, you like having gardens. If you're really into gardening, uh, there's a lot of things that are a lot more work than growing strawberries. So they're not hard to maintain. Relatively inexpensive. I mean. Where I live, there's a U-Pick I can drive to. It's about an hour's drive from my house each way. And I can go there and, for a few hours and pick a couple flats of strawberries and have all the strawberries I need. Um, so that's a lot easier than growing straw. That is easier than growing strawberries in the backyard. But it's not cheaper. right? Just the gas alone for driving there and back is, is more than the price of the strawberries. Think about if you buy... Let's think about the highest price. So let's say you can get 25 strawberries for $40. And you get strawberries for four years out of that. So that's $10 a year for a lot of strawberries. All the strawberries you're going to want to deal with. <laughs> you're not going to want any more than that unless you really like strawberries. So for $10 a year, you're going to have all the strawberries you want, all the strawberries you need for jam. And you can gorge on them and have strawberry shortcake and tasty desserts for about three weeks during the summer or late spring. That's, I, I can't even drive to the UPIC and back for that amount of money, aside from the cost of paying for the strawberries at the UPIC. And of course, it's going to take time to pick them in the UPIC, whereas I can just go in the backyard. There's a, about a two to three week period in June, July, where every couple of days we're picking strawberries, every couple of days we're making jam, then it's over. So if you've got the space, or maybe you're just having one of those years where he's like, you know, let's say you've got a garden with six beds and you're finding it to be too much work to, to maintain the six beds. Dedicate two of those beds to growing strawberries. Now you've only got four beds because <laughs> the strawberries are not a lot of work. Uh, so just something to think about if you're ordering your stuff. Uh, give that some thought. Maybe you want to try growing strawberries this year. You're going to need at least two four by eight beds of space for your typical pack of bare root starts. Um, and of course, if you want to get free shipping, as long as you order them with a pack of seeds, you can get them from the show sponsor, Vessi Seeds, using my coupon code GAVS24. Details will be in the show notes of this podcast or in the description box of this YouTube video. I hope you found this video interesting. <laughs> Sorry I couldn't do it outside. It's just crazy out there. It's too windy. <laughs> if you did, if you did enjoy watching this video, please like, share, subscribe. And until next time. Get out there, get at it, have fun in your garden. Thanks for watching.